for me, having a travel podcast, I was like, this is not going to like discourage me. I'm going to find a way to keep putting out content. I'm going to keep making episodes. As much as I would like to say that COVID has not discouraged me from podcasting, lately it has a little bit, you know, because I I don't want to beat the COVID thing to death, you know, and I have just been trying to think about traveling in different ways than how we necessarily talk about it as such as us taking a trip somewhere. So I'm just trying to think about it differently and not so linearly. Podcast Junkies episode 258. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you're new, this is the one where we search out interesting and fascinating voices in podcasting and learn a little bit more about what makes them tick and how they started their show and what else is on their mind. In case you missed last week's show, we had a great conversation with Kimmy Culp, host of All the Wiser. This week, I speak to Jerrica Johnson, host of Blackpacking Podcast, and she joins the show to share how her love of travel sparked the inspiration to start Blackpacking, a show that shares stories of black travelers and where we go around the world. Through her podcast and blog, she's become recognized as an authoritative voice in the podcast industry. In this episode, we share what Jerrica describes as the spiritual experience of traveling, how COVID has impacted both the travel industry and her show, and her upcoming cross-country road trip. We talk about content creation, the intimate nature of interviews, and best practices for landing sponsorships. This episode is brought to you by Focusrite and specifically the Scarlet 2i2 sound card, one of my favorite go-to sound cards, something I use for each and every podcast recording. The 3G line is a go-to for all new podcasters. Find out more at podcastjunkies.com forward slash focus right, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, full show notes available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 258. And if you're enjoying this episode or past episodes, I'd love it if you leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, let's get blackpacking with Jerika. So Jerika Johnson, host of the Blackpacking Podcast, thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. How's it going? It's going well. We were just uh, chatting a little bit about this energy that's in the air. Thankfully, things are going well with me and my agency. And then you started telling me you just turned 30, which is a, an amazing milestone. So, yeah. so happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I get the sense from the way you were describing it that, that things are looking good, you know, given the year and a half everybody's gone through. I think it's anywhere we can look for positive vibes or, you know, signs of abundance, I think are a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, me and a few friends uh, rented a cabin for my 30th birthday and it was on a lake and the weather was amazing. And we got this idea to shoot a scary movie while we were at the cabin and I actually just finished like editing it last night oh, and wow. sent it to him. And it, you know, it actually didn't turn out too bad considering it was very low budget, but uh, we, <laughs> we had a great time with it. <laughs> Is it you or your friends? Like who's got the filmmaker bug? Well, I like, I've always like wanted to make a film and I do like a lot of screenwriting on the side. And one of my other friends is into photography and does like a little bit of videography. And then of course we have like our actor friend. So, um, and then the other two just kind of got wrapped in it, but we're all kind of creative. So it, uh, we just like put our creative energy together and we were able to <laughs> produce something in a few days. What's a, a recent movie you've seen that that's inspired you? That's like, that's a great, great 
Great question, because I just watched Nomad's Land. Oh my God, we just watched it last night. <laughs> like two nights ago. And, you know, I'm actually preparing to do um, a cross-country road trip uh, okay. this summer. And so I saw that, and then I saw that it won Best Picture, and I was like, yeah. the signs, you know, and everything. It was like, one of the things I really liked about the movie was like, you know, there's not a whole lot of action actually yes. going on, but it's just something about it is like super yeah. wholesome and yeah, yeah. like like it's shot really well. And you're just like, wow, I just like really enjoy like this ride and this journey yeah. that I'm on. So I like loved it, everything about it. That's such great timing because my partner and I, we just watched it last night because we watched the Golden Globes too, just like, uh, and then it's like, oh, we keep hearing the buzz. Yeah. And I think, yeah, anyone who's going in to expect like a lot of dialogue or a lot of like things going on, I think what's captivating people who, you know, have, have been raving about it, I think is just, again, related to like what we've gone through. It's just this idea of being outdoors, the pacing is like so s slow. And sometimes I kept telling my partner, I was like, are we watching a documentary or are we watching a movie? Because <laughs> it's like the acting. I feel like some of those people were actually like the real people too. So. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's been – I actually kind of want to watch it again because I feel like there's a lot of little things that I miss because I was so like relaxed while watching it. And mm. I was just kind of like doing other things. But it just – I don't know. I, definitely something I'll revisit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this ties in wonderfully to the origin story for your podcast, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I get the sense that this wanderlust is in your blood and it's been something that's been part of you for a while. So talk about where that all started. I would probably say, I mean, it started when I was younger. My mom, like always, we were, I felt like we were always traveling. We were always going on trips and she is just like, I love like hitting the road. She's like, I can drive for like 10 hours and like, and be totally okay with it. And she'd always tell me how like my great uncle used to work for Greyhound. And for mm. some reason that was like something <laughs> like worked for Greyhound for like 30, 40 years, something like wow. that. And she was like, that's where I get it from. So I remember her always telling me that. And then also my dad is the same way that my, my parents are separated, but my dad like loves taking trips like by himself. That's like his thing. It's like his getaway. He loves going to the beach. So I just yeah. oddly feel like I, both of my parents, like despite not being together, like instilled this like idea at a very young age of like getting out there, going to new places, like experiencing new things. So I think it like all started when I was like really, really young. What's an early trip you remember that was that made an impact on you? I remember taking a cruise that was a lot of fun. I did like the little like Bahamas cruise and okay. it was like a family thing. And I just remember like I have like pictures of it and I just remember like being on the pool on the top story and just like hanging out and there were other kids around and just like other families. They're just like and it was just a blast. And I remember like my mom and like my older family members like them like drinking and me having like virgin like pina coladas and like shirley temples and just like feeling like you know i was living like a very luxurious life That's on the cruise so <laughs> well it's just like the commercials right those carnival cruise lines <laughs> yep it's exact like it's exactly like the commercials they're not doing any false advertising there <laughs> I've never been on a cruise. It's it's. I've never traveled like over a body of water on a boat or even just done any of those three day trips. It's always been fascinating for me. Like some people like 
freak out at the idea of being like on a ship for, for that yeah, long. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I wonder if you're a kid, you're not thinking about that stuff. You oh. just see like this amusement park on the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I haven't like revisited the cruise department being an adult now, which I really think I should because it just seems like, yeah. I don't know, it seems like fun even just for like a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then is that sort of like you had the bug and you started taking, as you started becoming an adult, you know, going out on your own and, and taking trips as well? Yeah, I I would take like small trips, um, nothing crazy, but I had always like wanted to like study abroad when I was in college. Like that's what one thing I always told myself I was going to do. And I never got the chance. I was so busy with like school. I was working two jobs and I was like trying to like work those two jobs to like afford a study abroad program. And like each semester I just watched them like roll by and like get more mm. expensive and be like, ah, I don't, like, I don't think I can do it. Then I have to yeah. take off time for work and like taking off time for work in school. Just like I couldn't make it work. And so I was like, I'm just going to keep working these two jobs until I graduate. And then I'm just going to travel a bunch when I graduate. And that's kind of like what I did. And were you always thinking to document the trip or did you keep a journal or is that something, you know, or, or do it's just, were you talking about it to your friends the, the minute you got back and you're like, all right, all right, Jerica, enough with the trip. Like, <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is I actually, when I, usually when I like get back from trips, like people are like, oh my God, like, how was your trip? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. it was fine. And I never like go into like too much detail about it because one, like, I don't want to like be like, oh, I did all these amazing things and yeah. like you weren't there. Yeah, and then yeah. two, I just felt like I always had a very like kind of like spiritual, like a very like self-changing thing that happened within myself that I felt like the person I was talking to, you know, I felt like there was like a disconnect in like sharing my experience with them, especially because a lot of it was like so personal and I felt like personal growth and so hard to like tell someone, oh, so I had all these crazy thoughts like during my trip and like trying to like dissect that with them, you know, especially if they haven't experienced that themselves. So I always kind of like kept those things to myself. I never journaled. I would take pictures at the beginning and then I kind of like I don't know really why I'm like taking pictures. I have mm. such like a good like visual memory and like I really enjoyed like being in the moment, which was hard because I like I'm very into photography. So it was like hard to like do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just got like comfortable with like not taking pictures. I also felt like it was a little invasive sometimes. And so I just wanted to just really blend in as much as possible. And I guess uh with that said, that's how the podcast came about because I, mm -hmm. I did want to like have some type of content, but I didn't know like what I wanted it to be. Have the trips always been a spiritual experience for you or does it depend on where, which one, where you've gone and how long you've been? I would say, you know, where I've gone and like the duration I've been there definitely impacts maybe the level of spirituality I mm -hmm. experienced during those, those trips. But just about every trip I've taken, especially out of the country, has been solo. So with that, it's just naturally, yeah. <laughs> you know, just spending time with yourself and just like absorbing all this like new information, all, like learning about different cultures and like honestly like learning like things that you weren't taught in school or a different mm. version of it. Mm. And I'm just like, and it just really got me thinking about myself and like, what I've learned and just like my environment, all of those things. So, and then it's every trip for me, really. 
I just love these conversations because I have no idea like where they're going to go. Uh, yeah. and, and sometimes they go some really awesome places. This is fun. What did you learn about yourself on these trips? I learned that I am like, even though I do these like really bold trips, I'm really like still afraid to do a lot of things. You know, I'm still really timid about trying new things like new food and just kind of like exploring different things. I'm kind of afraid of heights or like they make me uneasy. Okay. So that's like one thing that I've like learned about myself is that like water, like rough water, I'm not a big fan of either, <laughs> you know? And I just kind of like learned that that I'm a little, I can be a little scaredy cat about like certain <laughs> things, you know? Yeah. And then I've also just learned like how I interact with people, especially like new people and like how I try to like relate to them or like engage with them. I just learned about myself really just spent a lot of time with myself and really like knowing who I am. Mm, that's fascinating. And what did it teach you? What did you learn or how were your eyes opened? from experiencing other cultures and other places? That's such like a, that's such a loaded question. Cause you know, I, like there's just so many like little things that I've learned, but I'm trying to think of something that I've learned how important family is and mm. within different cultures and how much they value like family really. And how that's like, su there's just like such a strong, like, bond and like kind of like shield that people put around their family members, which I find to be like very interesting. Not that I feel like here in the States that fam like that the idea of family is devalued, but there's just something, I don't know, there's just something like you have like in certain cultures, you just have like generations of families living together, like their entire lives, you know? Oh yeah. And so there's never really kind of like that separation of maybe like a kid going and and exploring a different part of the world for like years on end, you know, it's always like they're kind of just right there with their family. So that's one thing I've really taken away or just like family values that different cultures have kind of like instilled within themselves. Yeah, that's interesting because it's something that if you don't leave this country and there's people that haven't even left their hometown probably. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not having that perspective of how other cultures and other people live and the things that they hold valuable and and how much importance they give to things like a family unit and family structure mm -hmm. and also respecting elders as well right because mm -hmm. that's something we don't see a lot of here in this country and i think having your eyes open to that is is just like a wonderful gift so that sounds really really nice yeah and just like as far as like family goes just like i feel like some of their daily lives are like so simple a lot more simple like than mine, I feel like there's not as many like distractions. There's not like so much information. There's just not a lot going on in their world. It's like just day in, day out is like very simple, very normal, very average. And I like, re I really admire that. Yeah. I remember early on when I discovered culture in Europe and specifically Spain, right? Because I've been to France, I've been to Italy, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, love Spain. Mm -hmm. I think part of my heritage may come from there because I was born in El Salvador, but according to my dad, we may be like three or four generations away from it. So it feels like a connection when I was there. Yeah. But when, when I first heard about the concept of a siesta and like this idea of like spending three hours in the afternoon, you just take a break and you just like 
even the shops close up and, mm-hmm. and stuff. It's really like an awareness of like, wow, like appreciating like leisure time and not mm-hmm. having to be like on this hamster wheel nonstop. Yeah. I'm still on the uh, siesta schedule. That's something I've taken away. <laughs> I took a quick little power nap before this interview. Nice. Mid- midday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So talk to me about the podcasting journey. Were you listening to them at the time and where'd the inspiration for that start? Yeah, I was listening to podcasts a lot. I was listening to them a lot while I traveled, all different types of podcasts, you know, news podcasts, like pop culture podcasts, of course, like murder crime mystery, like that's <laughs> I'm just like a sucker for that. Yeah. But I was, you know, listening to all these podcasts and just really like enjoying them. I enjoyed like the storytelling. I really liked kind of the mix of like music within a certain podcast, depending on what they are. I loved like interviewing, like hearing two people just kind of like just talk and just discuss the topic, just gabbing. And and a lot of times I felt like I could relate to what certain people were saying. And I felt like I had listened to some podcasts that I had never heard people talk about the topics that they were discussing. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is interesting. Like, I've never heard anyone like do this before. And I just felt like I was getting so much out of podcasts. And so that was kind of how the idea came about. I was like, you know, I don't know a lot of like black podcasters and I don't know a lot of like black travelers either or like black travel podcasters. And so I was like, this is maybe this should be something like I can explore. And it's something that is like personal and like intimate to me, just kind of starting out like sharing my own travel experiences. So it just seemed like, oh, this is like the type of content I want to create. And like, hopefully other people can relate to it because that's what I gained from listening to podcasts. And did you know what the format was going to be or what were some of those thoughts you had early on? No, I had no idea what the format was going to be. I was just like, I am just going to like press record and just like start talking and see how that goes. And so then I did that and I was like, okay, that wasn't bad. And then I was like, the next episode, I'm going to try talking again, but I'm going to like write down what I want to say before and see how that went. And then I was like, this is nice. This is fun. But I like, once again, I like love the banter between two people. I love two people having a discussion because I feel like, someone can bring something out of you that you might not necessarily say on the microphone if you're by yourself. So I was like, I need to interview people. And then the first interview I did was with one of my friends. And I was like, this is the path I want to take. I was like, I love this. Like, and I felt like I got to know my friend better by doing that interview. So that's kind of how I got into doing the the interview style. You said you had mentioned you had been listening to shows. Did you have anyone you were like inspired by? And naturally, every podcast, when they start, they do have the questions because they need some sort of guide rails. But did you find that as you started having more and more experience with the interviews, that you also went off script and, and worked off what the guest was giving you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would say when I first started interviewing people, I wasn't really like doing a script. <laughs> and then and then I was like, as I did more, I was like, I want to kind of add like a structure to this, maybe have like segments, like ask like little fun questions. Like how can I like keep people engaged? How can I keep my interviewee engaged with me? You know, cause I don't want every episode to like be the same. Like, where have you gone? Like, where do you like to go? What's your favorite place? What's your favorite thing to do? Like it's traveling so much deeper than that for people, you know? So I wanted to like 
you know, I sat down and like continuously sit down and like think of like thought provoking questions for my guests. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> was there already a black travel community that you were a part of, or, or is this something that I sort of like created because you're putting these worlds together? There was not. After I started the podcast, you know, I tried to look for that kind of like online group or community. And I found some groups like here and there. And then as I like did the podcast more, I found more and more groups. And, you know, it just kind of like unfolded after that. I was like, okay, so there is a community of people, of a Black travelers talking about their experience traveling uh, while Black, which is great. And these are just forums or sites that were on? Yeah. I mean, like Facebook groups, just social media accounts and like blogger influencers, if you will. So a couple here and there. Yeah. And so you're now on season three. So talk a little bit about the journey of like, how far out do you plan? Do you know, like the content you're going to have? Do you know, like, do you have a wish list of people you'd love to have on the show? (laughs) You know, I don't have like a wish list of people with this third season. It's been very interesting. I started doing kind of like video interviews and kind of incorporating like having like a live setting, if you will, with certain people that like live here in Atlanta. And so I wanted to kind of make it more of not like a game show, but just make it like more interactive for people that have listened to the show previously. So that was kind of what I've done with season three. Season three has been great. I've, I've met a lot of amazing people while doing this season. So it's the show's like come a long way and and I have a lot of people wanting to like be on the show and they reach out and they're like, Hey, I do this thing. I've listened to your show. I know that you haven't had someone talk about this before. I would love to like talk about this perspective. And it's been so nice because like the last guy I interviewed, he actually started his own like travel backpack company. Okay. And uh, what's special about his travel backpack company, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know of any uh, Black-owned travel backpack companies. So he's the first one that I knowingly know of. Um, But his backpacks are like specifically designed for sneakers Mm. and shoes. It still has like a normal like traveling backpack. You can put clothes and stuff in it. You know, your laptop, it's a carry-on size. But he like designed specific compartments. So if you really care about your shoes, if you're a sneakerhead <laughs> and have spent hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on your shoes, he's created little compartments to help keep them safe. And so it's really nice to like meet people like that, that are you know doing really cool things. So that's interesting because other unique perspective, because you would think like if you had shoes that were really, really nice and you wanted to take care of them, you wouldn't normally put that with something that you'd associate with like hiking or being yeah. on a trail or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, But, but it's almost speaks to like, yeah, I'm going to like go on this rough hike, but I also want to go out at night. <laughs> so I want to go, so I want to look good. So. Yeah, exactly. And you never know, like if you do go on a hike, like while traveling, if your shoes get all muddy, then you kind of yeah. have like that compartment to keep them away yes. from the rest of your clothes. So. So that's good. Segways into this other question I have, because naturally when you start talking about a travel podcast and a travel show you just you use gear like you know as a traveler right and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you know from backpacks to shoes to like a whole range of stuff and Mm -hmm. hiking could be one of those or traveling could be one of those expensive hobbies if you're not careful because there's always like a new toy or absolutely absolutely (laughs) so have you had any conversations or tell me about experiences mentioning companies or vendors or thoughts about that for the show i have you know Mentioned like a couple people here and there. And 
like on my website and the blog, I give, you know, out some travel advice for people and like, you know, brands that I use, but there's so many amazing brands out there and a lot of travel companies trying to like keep up with, you know, the aesthetic and like, you know, when traveling was at its peak, it's not now, but really like creating these like really cool like backpacks or like compartmentalizing different ways for your clothing and just all these things. So there's so many amazing like travel companies out there doing cool things. Yeah. I mean, I get the sense that uh, we do this sometimes with our clients, like they want to get a sponsor for the show. So we help them put together a media kit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when people are getting started in podcasting, they'll think about their numbers and they'll be like, oh, I don't have enough numbers. I don't have enough downloads. Like what sponsor is going to be interested in me? Mm -hmm. But I think when you position it as your platform, so saying, hey, this is the show. This is what I've been doing. These are the reviews I've gotten for it. You know, I'm on season three. These are the people I've spoken to. But also like, what's your other visibility? Like on Twitter, on Facebook, on mm-hmm. you know LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever it is. Like yeah. if you start adding those up, you get into the thousands. Yeah. And then how you're explaining it to sponsors is saying, this is my platform reach. Mm-hmm. And you don't even mention it anymore, just like downloads. And so when you've partnered with me, you're going to get the reach of me on all these platforms. Yeah. And that's so much more attractive. So I get the sense. I mean, there's sounds like there could be opportunities for you to like, you know, and yeah. work with part with companies that are in alignment with what your values are as well. Yeah. Definitely something I would like to look in to once the I mean the travel industry is like take such a touch such a beating at this moment. And I feel for those like smaller businesses that were, you know, creating backpacks and luggage and little like travel knickknacks for people. And they they just don't really need those things right now. So I'm hoping when things like pick up with them that maybe they look into podcasting as something that they want to reach like a newer audience as like kind of like a rebranding thing. So we'll definitely see. And, you know, I like, I work in marketing a little bit myself and I saw this thing, I think it was on LinkedIn. I mean, it was talking about downloads and like sponsors and it was just like, all of these things are like vanity metrics. You know, they're just like, don't look at those as like something that you need to like get sponsors. It's really about like your content, your niche, um, the engagement that you have, like you could have like a hundred people that are constantly engaging with you and that, and like, that can be enough for a brand. So I like, I really like think about it that way. Absolutely. And the way I've heard it described, which is more important is you have to think like a marketer and also as a, the person with the product, like what's a lifetime value of a customer for them. So like when someone buys something for them, or is it, if it's a repeat item or, or they buy two or three things, like now this thing that they sell for like 50 bucks or 40 bucks, really, if they think lifetime value, like it's 200, $300, like if they can keep one customer because they know they can sell them other stuff. And Absolutely. so as a podcaster, we have to think like marketers think sometimes and not be like, oh, I'd be happy if they just gave me five bucks. Like we're always selling ourselves short. And I think we need to sort of speak, be able to speak their language. And, you know, if they're just coming at us looking for one metric, be like, no, you're, you're getting a bigger, you know, a better picture by working with me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I just want to, uh, so talking about COVID, obviously that, that was a huge, it was like a seismic event for the travel industry. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what was happening in your world and then you know, naturally being in the travel space, like what you were hearing from like any people that you know in the industry? So at first I had actually just got back from Panama 
I did a trip in Panama beginning of February. And, you know, I had all these trips planned out. Actually, one of my bucket list things was to do 30 countries before I was 30, Um, (laughs) which did not happen. But I had a lot of trips like planned last year, just like many of us and this year as well. And so when COVID first hit, I was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about on the podcast. This is what I might be talking about for like a couple weeks since it was, you know, go ongoing. And I felt like a lot of different people within the travel community were impacted. And so, you know, I interviewed like flight attendants, I interviewed like travel nurses and just to get their, just to get their perspective on like how their industry and their specific niche has been impacted. And then it really set in that this ride that we were on was going to take a lot longer than I think a lot of us thought, you know, I think a lot of us thought it was going to be like a couple months. And then, you know, especially for me having a travel podcast, I was like, this is not going to like discourage me. I'm going to find a way to keep putting out content. I'm going to keep making episodes. And even though as much as I would like to say that COVID has not discouraged me from podcasting, it might lately it has a little bit, you know, because I, I don't want to beat the COVID thing to death, you know, and I have just been trying to think about traveling in different ways than how we necessarily talk about it as such as us taking a trip somewhere. So I'm just trying to think about it differently and not so linearly. So that's kind of the position that COVID's put me in. And then, you know, all the travel people that I follow on social media, like I've just seen like a a huge decline in the amount of content that they post. And so I think a lot of us are just feeling very like, at first it was like, oh, we can't travel for a little bit. Oh, this sucks. We can't travel. Oh, like I'll travel again soon. And now it's like, I have no idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, you can go to like Aruba, Mexico, like for me, it just like ethically doesn't feel right to be able to do that. I feel like it's a privilege and I just feel like right now, it's not the time. So that's why I'm going to do a little cross country uh, road trip to like keep traveling like fresh. And like, so I still feel like some type of movement and momentum and like be able to approach my podcast with like a new angle. So talk to me a little bit about the, the cross country trip you're planning. So when I say planning, I'm not like planning because I don't plan any trip. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. And we were just talking about nomad land as well. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Usually, I mean, it's I'm no stranger to just like buying a one way ticket somewhere and then like figuring it out from there. (laughs) Or so I am just gonna kind of like pack up my car with my necessary belongings and hit the road and figure it out along the way. I have a general idea of where I want to go, so I'll be driving from Atlanta out west. I think you know I'm gonna start in New Orleans and Austin, and these are places I've already been but I really haven't explored out West that much and done all the national parks. So, and I have some friends and family out there. So I'm going to stop and see them along the way in which order I haven't decided, but I'm just going to kind of go. And and some people are like, I can't believe like you're going to do this without a plan. And I'm like, like, do you know who I am? I've like, (laughs) yeah, like I've like gone to foreign countries with no plan. (laughs) Like at least I'm in the United States. Like worst case scenario is I'm somewhere and I just have to like take a flight back to Atlanta or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the worst case scenario would be um, in the situation, but I feel really comfortable not having a plan, but like having a general idea of what I'm doing. So 
You have your AAA membership? Yep. Updated? <laughs> I got my AAA. Like I said, I just bought a new car. Like, so it's, it's ready to have miles put on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I camp and, and somewhat outdoorsy. So I, I feel pretty confident. And what are you thinking about from a content perspective? Because I mean, that, I love the sound of that. And yeah. I love this idea of you sort of journaling the voyage as well. One of the books I read early on was On the Road. And I remember mm-hmm. first time I read that, I was just like, whoa, this idea of like, and this is probably like in the 50s, right? Is yeah. how much more pristine the land was back then. But mm-hmm. this idea of journaling your trip across and telling you know, folks, what you see, you know, because a lot of people won't be able to experience what you're going to be able to experience. And so it's just, just this idea of uh, capturing the story along the way is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking about doing a couple different things. Like I said, like with the last season, I was doing like some video content. So I'm kind of thinking about continuing that with the new season and doing little like videos of different places that I've gone, as well as I think I might do a mixed bag. I think I'm going to do episodes where I'm just like in a particular place and I'm just doing the whole episode there. And I might, random people might come by and like stop by on the show. So that's like one thing I want to do. And then the second thing I want to do is also just probably interview some people along the way. I really want to interview a truck driver. Nice. Yeah, of course. I really want to get the travel perspective from a truck driver and see what their life is like, you know? So that's kind of what I'm thinking about right There's now. There's no shortage of those. You just got to be careful where you hold it. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, so don't be surprised if I'm just like at like a gas station with a truck driver. <laughs> Do it. Just let someone know, a loved one know ahead of time where you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exciting. That's really cool. I think you're going to have a a blast there. How have you grown as a person or, I mean, a podcaster from all these conversations that you've had and and connecting with these these people on on your show? I think I've grown like confidence and communication skills, if you will. My communication skills, I would say I've gotten a little bit better. At least I hope. I feel like people that have listened to my show and my friends especially have been like, you just sound so much more like confident when you're interviewing people. Um, And I think that like has translated over just into my personal life as well. But, you know, having random people like reach out to me and just like tell me that like they love the show or they like it makes me feel good I'm not gonna lie you know and so it's great because I just feel like I just like kind of like created this thing to like have something to do like be fun like play around with audio play around with podcasting and I've like really like fall in love with like podcasting and what it is because it it's just a medium that has connected so many people and also allowed space and giving people a platform to make their voice or their story feel important. And it's just like, it's incredible. Like podcasting, I'm so interested to see how it continues to evolve. I, uh, I don't know. I've just, I've learned, there's so much to learn from people through podcasting. So that journey will be never ending. So I like to think that I'm going to keep changing while I interview people and like gain a new perspective uh, from other people. So What's interesting is something that stood out when I was looking at your about page is how you mentioned that this was an opportunity to tell the stories of a a solo black queer woman traveler. And when you think about all the Venn diagram circles that have to come together to make that combination possible, have you had, you know, any feedback from, you know, people that have you know, seeing you as a, as a role model and, and someone who's inspiring them to do, you know, push themselves out of, out of these preconceived notions of what we can do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's what has like kept me going is, you know, in those times of doubt of like, oh, like, like people listen to my show, but is anyone like actually listening to my show? The moment like I get a message from someone and they're like, I love this episode. Like I've always wanted to go here. Like, thank you for sharing your experience. Like, thank you just for like providing that platform. And then all the guests that I bring on the show, you know, a lot of them are just like everyday people, but they, you know, they love traveling and they just like want to talk about it. And they're like, thank you for providing, you know, that space for me to be able to like talk about what traveling has like done for my life because traveling for certain people has been extremely life-changing and now certain people can talk about how it's changed their lives. And so it's been nice to feel like I've like impacted a few people. I can't imagine how that doesn't continue to grow. I think especially if more people discover the show from a promotional perspective, you know, everyone knows when you're getting started as a solo podcaster, you literally have to like do everything. You have yeah. to like yeah. it that first year, you're editing the show, you're marketing the show, promoting it. Like you literally have to like wear every single hat. So yeah. what's been working for you from a promotional perspective? I would say I really like LinkedIn. <laughs> I really, I do. I know I do a lot of like engaging uh, with listeners and other podcasters on LinkedIn and just kind of staying up with like the industry trends, if you will, on LinkedIn. I think I've learned a lot about podcasting through people I follow on LinkedIn. So that's like helped a lot. And then on the, on the flip side of that, I get like a lot of people being like, hey, like, can I like edit your audio or can I do this? Can I do your marketing? And I'm like, actually, I love doing every single part of it, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's been interesting to kind of like watch that industry grow as well with like a lot of people, you know, producing and managing podcasts and doing the marketing. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind being a one woman team for right now. Cause I, yeah, yeah. cause it's like the podcast is so personal to me. It just feels wrong to give someone else the audio and be like, Hey, yeah, yeah. you edit it and like tell the story <laughs> that you think that we should. So it just, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> Do you do a lot of editing? Because I, I know for these, they typically like will go straight through and will remove any like ums and ahs and, and second takes. But it's pretty much just, you know, straightforward interview. And the other flip side of that is like the gimlets, the wonderies, like they're doing like, yeah. you know, they probably charge, I think the quotes are like a thousand dollars a minute for production value of those. Yeah. So they're moving audio around. They're actually telling, you know, a narrative story. Are you doing, which of those are you doing? It depends on the episode. More recently, I've just kind of, you know, I'll edit the episode out like here and there at the beginning. I was like, I'm going to take out every single, everything I say, like every breath, every <laughs> breath, I'm going to take it all out. Like I'm going to have the cleanest audio. And then I just got to the point where it's like, eh, I just, that works, you know? But the other thing is that what people don't realize and because you're listening to podcasts on headphones, you can hear the breaths. Mm -hmm. And when you don't hear someone breathing, it's a little weird. Yeah. Like, it's because you can't, it's a, it's like a robot. Like yeah. speaking, you're just like, uh, and I remember someone gave me an episode of a show they did that, that I was on. And I was like, I could tell, like, it's like this weird, and not too much of a difference. Cause it's not like I was speaking, but just that small breath or hearing me take the breath. Yeah. I think it just humanizes the conversation. And sometimes you need a pause when you ask a question that's like a meaningful question that sounds exactly. like someone gave it some thought. Exactly. And I think that's why I started to get, it wasn't like, like laziness, but I was like, I'm just going to like let that slide because I think like I want people 
when they listen to my podcast, just like when I listen to a podcast when two people are talking, like I want to feel like I'm in the same room as them, you know? Yes, yes. And I want to feel like I'm a part of the conversation, you know? And it's just so, it's a natural thing for us to do. And so I just, I keep it. The only thing I like really edit out is any like repeats or yeah. like stumbles over themselves, yeah, yeah. but the us and the ums, I'm just like, I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, and what I, what's beautiful about this show is because it's a podcast about podcasting and yeah. podcasters, like there's mistakes or like a guest dog will jump in their lap and I'll be like, what's your dog's name? They're on the <laughs> yeah. show now. <laughs> like, yeah. just, it's just real life. Like yeah. it's real life. Like there's that BBC video of like the little kid jumping in the background of this reporter from years ago, like, yeah. cause he was doing it from home, so, which everybody loved. Cause it's yeah. like, oh, you're a human being. You're yeah. not like a, an automaton. What's been the impact or the reaction from family members and people close to you? Like has the way that they've seen you changed ever since you've been on this journey, this podcasting journey? Yeah, I would say my mom, <laughs> she, when I like first told her about the idea, she was like, oh, that's cool. You know, and then I like kept doing it and she was like, and I would like tell her like, oh, I like interviewed this person. She's like, oh, that's cool. And then my mom was like featured on like a couple podcasts. And then I think she like really started to understand, like for her business, she really started to understand what podcasting was. Yeah, and yeah, she was yeah. like, oh, so I did this podcast. This is what we did. And then she would like send me like hints or like, like advice, like things that they sent her or like just little things here and there that she would send me. And then she signed up for my Patreon. I'm not sure she knows specifically <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I don't know if she realizes that she just gave me a monthly allowance to do my show. <laughs> That's, That's so funny. But yeah, she was like going, she was like looking it up online, looking for an episode. And then the Patreon came up and then she signed up and I was like, mom, thank you. <laughs> and I so, got my allowance back. <laughs> yes. So I don't think she realizes that she is my biggest physical and <laughs> actual supporter. <laughs> but it must feel good because it's, you're being rewarded for the hard work yeah. you put in. And, and yeah. as a cre I mean, as creators, that's all we want and to be recognized for the work we do. And I think these platforms that are coming up, we're able to monetize this content. You know, there's some interesting things happening in the podcasting space with the ability to like, you know, compensate people similar to a Patreon. There's a service called glow.fm. You can create a private feed. So anything we can do to like help the creator economy, you know, get paid for the work they do, I think is going to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of questions as we wrap up, what's something that you've changed your mind about recently? What's something I've changed my mind about recently? I think I have changed my mind about Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I know that's not what you're expecting me to say. I to, no, I love it. I love it. because I, I, That's why I asked that question because anything's on the table. I think that I just don't know how to make Brussels sprouts correctly. And that's my issue. And I kept like the first time I had them, someone else made them for me. I was at a restaurant and I was like, I love Brussels sprouts. And then I was trying to make them and I was like, Brussels sprouts aren't that good. It's kind of weird. And then once again, someone else made them for me. And I was like, I love Brussels sprouts. So I'm back on the Brussels sprouts train and uh, asked for their advice on uh, how to make Brussels sprouts. So I've changed my mind. I love them. <laughs> This is so funny because there is a way, like if something magical happens when you're in a restaurant and they bring them out and they're like perfectly charred yeah. and crispy because that's when they're good. And they're like, they've got just like olive oil and whatever. They're like seasoned perfectly and like 
Perfectly. This is amazing, amazing food. And then you buy the frozen pack of Brussels sprouts and you forget to like cut them in halves or you try to saute them and yes. they're just like soggy. Yeah, they're like a soggy, lumpy, like <laughs> mess. And it looks like something went wrong here. Like, yeah. this is not, yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. That's so funny. <laughs> What's the most misunderstood thing about you? That, I don't know, people always tell me that, not always, but. People have told me that I can be like intimidating, mm. which I I think that's misunderstanding about me. I don't I don't really see myself as intimidating at all, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. But I feel I feel like I'm like misunderstood often, but I don't know why as well. Mm. Too, you know, I feel like I am in some situations where I feel like I'm like expressing like a concern or something, and like it like the other person doesn't seem to understand it i don't know it's interesting because it's all almost a function of what's going on in their world mm -hmm. and i'm in a yeah i have a, my, in a relationship with my partner and anyone who's in a sort of relationship <laughs> long term over you know a couple of years knows like communication is so important and sometimes like i'll get upset because i thought i was like being you know spoken to in a way that i didn't like and that's that wasn't the intention mm -hmm. but it's just because i have this like core belief of like my parents scolding me or something like that yeah. some crazy thing yeah that i'm seeing the world in with from within my bubble and then if you could just swallow your pride like mm -hmm. bite your tongue and be like did you mean what you said when you yeah. said this and <laughs> i think little things like that can go a long way yeah absolutely <laughs> so i think what i love about podcasting is the ability to have these conversations and connect with people on a on a one-to-one -one level so we met through podcast movement i think the the mentor programs how's that experience been for you it's been great you know i got some new gear and stuff that's right and i've really been enjoying like playing with it and it's like made me want to start another podcast. I've actually, I really want to do like a, a murder travel mystery podcast. <laughs> like a murder, murder on the Orient Express vibe. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Just cause I have like this equipment and I love like playing around with audio and like, I really want it to actually just be like a storytelling type thing. So I can like play around with like some folly sounds and some music and make it creepy and cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Have you checked out the work of Q Code Studios? Mm -mm. They're like the newest like studio that's like killing it. Like they had a show with Demi Moore. They just launched a new show. I forgot. There's a couple of like, actors, like big actors, I think, like that are creating like podcasts, and they're doing some really really interesting stuff. They were just there was an article in the New York Times about the future of like podcasts and Hollywood. Oh wow! And it was just out like three or four days ago. I'll send you the link. Yeah. And uh, they talked about the work that Q Code is doing, like really the 15 shows planned this year. And it's really that immersive, you know, I need to listen to more of those shows because when you listen to them, you know, when they're done right and you close your eyes, like you get transported to the place. And so I, I totally like love that vibe, that theater of the mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I guess that'll be your second show. So we'll make sure to yeah. keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Well, Jerka, thank you so much for being flexible with this rescheduling. Yes. I'm glad we got connected. I, I was really inspired to like hear more about the show and now just know more about your journey. I lived in Atlanta too. I think I may have mentioned that when we spoke last time. Maybe, but, yeah. Yeah, I lived in Candler Park for a couple of years. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, what they say, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And so, you know, with the impact that you've had in the travel industry, I think you've been able to turn that around and inspire others who are listening that 
you know, through perseverance, keeping with your show, mm -hmm. giving people like hope, you know, that there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I think yeah. that you're doing really good things with your show. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. It's great. I like this, like talking to you, put that like, okay, I'm not over podcasting. <laughs> like I just, you know, no. And, and like, I feel like I'm always getting to like my breaking point, like, Oh, this is going to be my last episode. And then I do an interview and then I'm like, I love it so much. I always walk away. Like I would have never had that conversation with someone if podcasting didn't exist, you know? I totally get it. Like sometimes I'm busy, like yeah. I've like worked with my business and I have like a couple of shows and I'm like, oh, I see an interview coming up and I get a, like a little anxious sometimes. <laughs> like I got to like change gears, mm -hmm. but then you have conversations like this and just, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. You're just like, this is the best part of my day. Like, yeah. like especially since we can't go out, especially since we can't go to conferences. Exactly. Like, this is the, that long form. And we, we probably are speaking longer now than we would at a conference anyway. Exactly. We'd, we'd be speaking for like five or 10 minutes, like in the hallway or something mm -hmm. like that. So this is all better for that. And now when we get to see each other in person, we'll get to have a hug and a, and just say hello. Like, yeah. Back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because I did like, this time last year, actually, I think this exact weekend, I was at Podfest. Podfest, yeah, I was there in Orlando, oh, and, that, and, and that was like the last thing I did before like the so full shutdown. And I was like shaking hands. I remember some people were like, "COVID, no, like we're not worried about it." Like everyone was tight into rooms, packed. <laughs> like we can't even imagine being in that space. But yeah, my partner and I were there, and. Uh, we stayed for like a, an extra couple of days and we landed like back in Minneapolis on March 12th. And like the next day, like locked down across the, the world. It was wild. Like yeah. And everyone, yeah, we're like, Oh, how bad can it be? <laughs> like at the conference. Exactly. <laughs> so, <bit> yeah. <laughs> so we'll have those days soon enough. Where's mm -hmm. the best place for folks to learn more about the show and connect with you? You know, I'm out there on every platform. I feel like social media wise, you know, black packing, podcasts as far as like my Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, you can listen to the show on iTunes and Spotify, you name it. It's yeah. there. You just gotta we're, Google it. <laughs> we're, we're, you've got a great domain too. Like once, you know, like Black Packing Podcast, there's only going to be you. And I think just having that branding is really powerful. So I'm excited yeah. for what's coming for you in the future. And I'm glad we're, we're going to stay connected. Thanks again yeah. for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jericho for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Again, full show notes at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 258. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Special thanks to our episode sponsor, Focusrite. Don't forget to check out the full line at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite. I'm specifically a fan of the Scarlet 2i2 Pro. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Sign up for a free podcast brainstorm at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15. Tune in next episode for my conversation with Will Conway, host of Baggage Claim. And shout out to Esprit Devore for making that introduction. And if you made it this far, you're no doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag. Let's go with Traveling Jerica, and her name is spelled J-A-R-I-K-A, and tag her at BlackPackingPod, and of course, podcast underscore junkies. Thanks for all you to support the show. Talk to you next week.